Hello everyone, an old guy who knows shit here. Welcome back to season two, an old guy who knows shit explains it all for you. This is episode three, Human Beings, and it's copyright 2022 by L.R. Holtz. So in the timeline of my life, dreams were my first real experience with the supernatural. As you recall, I went from predicting what was going to happen the next day in school to saving my life, so they had a profound effect on me. When we dream, I believe we connect directly with the non-physical world. Our non-physical selves need some continual connection with the other world, which is just as real as the physical world we deal with the other 16 hours a day. We have a life over there as well. Dreams, as a general rule, though, I think, are not us experiencing the actual non-physical world. I think we mostly cannot conceive of it. And dreams give our brains something to focus on, you know, like sitting the kids down in front of the television while the real work of sleep takes place beyond our comprehension. But sometimes, as my stories reveal, the barriers break down and the conscious mind perceives actual things it should not, like the future. Since time is not linear over there, the future and the past can get all mixed up with the present. And when your vehicle is dreams, well, then dreams of lives and dreams themselves get all mixed up with the realities and things can get very confusing, which is why most of us protect ourselves from it. Every moment of our physical life, our non-physical self is somehow both here in the moment with us and there anywhere, anytime, there, at the same time. We cannot grasp how this could possibly work because we are part of the physical world and we cannot imagine a world without time. But if time is not linear over there, the first question everyone asks is, well, why can't our non-physical selves just know the outcome of our choices? Ah, somehow different paths are available in linear time. And the outcomes of choices we make are not necessarily foreseeable from the other side. Or, if they are, your physical self cannot see them, or at least cannot tell which path leads where. So, the choices we make negotiating physical life do matter. This is a tough one to wrap our brains around, but there it is. We have in the physical world another direct connection to the non-physical world, a receptor which can perceive energy, the non-physical energy which is at the heart of everything. Your sixth sense exists, and you use it every day without thinking about it. While you are responding to the stimuli the physical world brings to your senses at any given moment, your sixth sense is at the same time reading the energy streams surrounding that stimuli. Your intellectual brain may or may not acknowledge the legitimacy of the messages it gets from that sixth sense. Most of us just disregard it. But for some of us, it is very valuable, and we trust that feeling that says, oh, this person is not truthful, or do this, or don't do that, even though we don't see an intellectual, physical reason for it. But it usually turns out to have been right. We see the sixth sense in the natural world all the time. Ants, migratory birds, monarch, butterflies, salmon, caribou, it's everywhere. Creatures have evolved the ability to use an energy sensor to perceive and track streams of energy that have evolved with those creatures. Their physical evolution became linked to a guiding energy created, discovered, acquired, evolved by their ancestors, the perception of which required a receptor. Some of us, certainly old souls, have the ability to perceive much more than others. 
And for some of us, the receptor is more than just a receptor. It is a broadcaster as well. The constructors and the destructors both have individuals capable of broadcasting powerful energy, of influencing many, many people. The liar is an astounding example of someone whose broadcaster is significantly louder than his words or his actions. How is it possible that a man who boasted of grabbing women by the pussy was actually elected president? He is hooked into some powerful streams of destruction, and he has an astounding broadcaster, rounding up the support of tens of millions at a time based on nothing but the sheer force of his energy. In our physical world, among us humans, gravity and entropy are never expressed physically as just one or the other in anyone, but rather each tempers the other to varying degrees in everyone. We're all made up of different ratios of one to the other. Each of us tries to dedicate ourselves to one or the other, and our struggle is in choosing, first of all, which side are we going to be on this time around, and then we must fulfill that core decision, construct or destruct, as much as we can in the face of the challenges of surviving in the physical temporal world, meeting not only five physical needs, water, food, elimination, sleep, sex, but also negotiating constructive energy exchange with other people. We have to exchange energy with other people. We are intrinsically social. Alone, we die. Together with others, we are always stronger. We are all associated with energy streams that are trying to do something, and we are driven to act. We are streams of energy ourselves. We have to act to do something, something which we cannot do alone. So we have to negotiate constructive exchange with others to successfully build anything. But what it is that we devote our energy to, that decision is way harder than it seems like it should be. We are, most of us, as I mentioned before, constructors. But there's some destructor in each of us. We've all felt the appeal of destruction as well as construction. It's always more fun to blow shit up. The struggle to find the balance for each of us is unique. And some of us turn. Some very few of us have become constructors or destructors to the core, but for most of us, though, it is a struggle. Okay, but hold on here. This is where people usually ask, is the world really based on only two basic energy types? Really? Come on. Isn't that oversimplification? Life isn't binary. It's much more complex than that, right? Well, to that I say, yes, it is complex. It is even more complex than you or I can imagine. And yet, only two. But think of this. Computer programming is entirely made up of two states, on or off. Eight on-offs together make a bit. And all the complexity of computing, everything every computer does everywhere, is binary, on or off. Trillions of times in careful order. Well, that is exactly how the construct-destruct binary essence forms each of us, uniquely shaping each of our core energy streams and often conflicting. What we seek is to join with the energy stream that will ultimately succeed. From the tiniest to the greatest, we all want to be attached to the winning energy stream. We want to find the stream that is most sympathetical with our own, join it, amplify it, get powerful enough to keep rebuffing the destructors and stay on the path of truth in the face of all the lies and chaos, which will, of course, always be provided by the destructors. They want to stop us. They want to be the destructor team that brings us down. Well, we want to be the constructor team that wins. Think about this. 
Splitting an atom releases all of its latent energy in a single flash of absolute and total destruction. That act of splitting forces all of the energy present in that expression to destroy on a massive scale in a split second, which, I have to say, is also a pretty clear example of the fact that mass is an expression of energy. Wouldn't you say? I mean, a great deal of energy, huh? Well, our bodies are full of atoms, more than anyone could ever count, and everyone has that much energy latent within it. If all that energy is latent in a single atom, just imagine how much must exist in each one of us. Splitting is an ultimate act of destruction, but not splitting, allowing latent energy to grow and thrive and do its constructive thing, to expend all the energy released in a mushroom cloud on construction instead of destruction, that is what we constructors want. We may be tiny, microscopic specks in our solar system, but we humans have great power. Each one of us creates a bubble of truth around whatever we believe, a separate place over there where it is true. Others can sense that place where that thing that is not true anywhere else is true, and they're drawn to it. When multiple entities commit their energy to that belief, well, the bubble where it is true can grow quite large. So, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. People always ask, hey, wait, wait, wait. so we only need to believe in something to give it reality to it? I mean, that's just like, that's crazy. But on one level, yes, it is true. The power of positive thinking is real. The power of negative thinking is just as real. Both are specific ways we direct our energy, and our energy has actual power, and effects change in those directions. They almost never have enough power to change Mother Earth. Physical things that affect everyone, like praying for rain, for instance, but within our personal circles of influence, among those of us who are in the same bubble, so to speak, belief including faith, prayer, positivity, negativity, especially powered by large numbers, they all have the power to affect change somehow, somewhere, on some level. And when we are plugged into the truth, they can affect everyone. When we believe something, we do create a stream of energy in which that thing is true. It may be false everywhere else, but your simple belief in it does give it a reality on a non-physical level that other folks' receptors can perceive. People talk about ideas having power, and this is exactly how. People signing on to something and investing their energy in it. Constructors set constructive streams in motion, and destructors set destructive streams to counter them. People invest their belief in them and give them power. I mean, this is an amazing amount of creative power. It's almost godlike when you think about it. But it does not affect the actual truth of Mother Earth. So we think we're creating streams of truth, but if they do not exist in balance with Mother Earth, they are, in the truth of the real world governed by Mother Earth, destructive. This is our great, great power hijacked and used against us. Most religions, for example, have a core of compassion somewhere. Most religions were founded on principles of truth and compassion. But most all of them have long since been hijacked by destructors who turn the very well-meaning and innocent faith of their congregations into weapons against other people. Some of the greatest evil in human history has been enacted in the name of some religion or God. But we must remember that underneath the many layers of destructor interdiction, all religions still have those original seeds of compassion and love somewhere in there, rooted in truth and from which great good has sprouted as well. Each deserves the respect of the others as well as our respect for that core of compassion.
That is what we must focus on. Killing each other over religion is one of the greatest evils there is because it uses an essence of goodness to inspire and justify great, great destructive evil. Religion can corrupt messages of goodness and freedom into weapons of mass destruction astoundingly easily. How can we combat this? I don't really know, you know, any better than you. Because we're all completely out of touch with our inner non-physical power as well as our natural state. You know, whatever it was that our bodies evolved to do, you know, whatever our natural state is or was, we're certainly not that. I don't pretend to know what it is or should be, but it is certain that the current state of living for the average citizen living in the continental U.S. today in the 21st century with all of our modern conveniences, air conditioning, and screen media several hours a day is not what our bodies evolved to do. Now, what I also know is that regardless of how we're using our bodies, our non-physical selves do have power in the physical world. Power most of us cannot consciously access, but which is there. Power which we need only believe in to give a reality to. Power a few of us can access directly. And power that is amplified geometrically as more and more people commit their energy to the same effort. Get enough people together and it just happens. This is the power that can send a wave of construction emanating throughout the land. This is the power destructors hijack and redirect. An army of hoodwinked constructors is their greatest weapon. Miracles are not evidence of God being on your side or that you are right. They are evidence of somebody accessing or channeling and somehow using power from the non-physical world to break the rules in the physical world. Both sides have the same ability slash inability to do this, meaning somebody did something somewhere that really did happen, but nobody's been able to do it again on command since. And since nobody has control of it, what makes one side more powerful than the other is simply the number of individuals it can convince to devote their energy to it. So now today, 2022 in the U.S. of A, the constructive cycle that has for our species been going for some 230,000 years, has been taken over by the destructors and is now reversed. The entropy team didn't need a meteor this time. We were looking for a meteor. This time, all they needed was greed. Make money the most important thing and enticing participants was not difficult in the least. The money energy stream sucks up constructors like a vacuum. It is the destructor's masterpiece, entirely made up, strategically brilliant, and it has given them the field. By convincing an entire culture that the freedom to become wealthy is more important than the freedom to live, they have built a society where well-meaning citizens cannot help but devote some of their energy to destruction every day because it is their only option. Almost all of the energy streams that support us, that keep the machine that is the U.S. economy moving, most all of them seem constructive. They're doing good for workers and the economy and the shareholders. They fulfill society's essential needs, groceries, necessities, and amenities. But every bit of it is based on fossil fuel. And the ultimate purpose of every bit of it is to make money for a very few people. None of it is done for its own sake, to, say, take care of society's needs, maybe. Damn near all of it makes money for somebody and hurts Mother Earth before it even fulfills our needs. Every day, 
Destruction by millions and millions of absolutely well-intentioned and well-meaning constructors takes us closer and closer to runaway warming and the end of our species. Will anyone dispute that we are a consumer society? Well, you know, our problem is right there in the name. Just think of history. Looking at American consumer society, we aren't hunter-gatherers. We do some of that, but only for fun. We aren't agrarian. Sure, we cultivate crops and livestock, but only to eat. That's not what we do. We aren't industrial. That's all moved offshore. We aren't post-industrial. That's when you shift from goods to services, and we have definitely not shifted from goods to services. More like the other way around. We turned our services into goods. And rather than shifting from goods to services, we created a whole new kind of society, a consumer society. What our society does is consume. We consume goods and products, thereby maintaining the wealth of a very few. In fact, we consume pretty much everything we come into contact with. According to the freedom to make money, we have the right to convert whatever that is we come into contact with into goods and products that make money and that can be consumed. The freedom to make money has created a society that does nothing but consume. Now think about it. Yes, we have many fantastic accomplishments, but what our society does as a whole is make money through consumption of Mother Earth. And remember folks, money is not even a real thing. How close will humanity come to its own extinction as a result of this? More importantly, will humanity be able to turn it around in time? So, as I pointed out in the introduction to this season, the U.S. American consumer economy is the doomsday machine that we are all ourselves driving into oblivion. With the best of intentions, we are born into a world where everything we do must make money for a wealthy person somewhere first, without regard for anything else, making it impossible for us to even find an actual, truly constructive stream of energy to join. And so... Here we are in the good old U.S. of A., where freedom has sadly never meant the freedom to live. It has always meant the freedom to make money. And that will be the topic of episode four. This is an old guy you know shit, signing off till next time.